0: Welcome to the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network, where we put the power of dynamic
1: fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show.
2: This episode of Think Fit, Be Fit features a pioneer in manual therapy and a person who has had an incredibly huge influence on my career, Greg Roscoff. As the author of The Roscoff Principle, The Jumpstart Book, and the founder of Muscle Activation Techniques, he not only developed the MAT program, but has also created a curriculum that this technique has been taught all over the world. Greg has devoted his career to the study of the cause and effect of the muscular system and how it relates to pain and performance. Greg has worked as a consultant for various sports teams, including the Denver Broncos, Utah Jazz, and Denver Nuggets. Beyond this, Greg works with clients of all physical capability levels who are looking to address challenges they experience due to injury, stress, overuse or trauma to their muscular system. Greg started his career in California as a strength and conditioning coach at Fresno State. And fast forward to now, still works in the Denver area with the Broncos and other sports teams and currently lives there with his family. Check out the jumpstartbook.com and muscleactivation.com to learn more about this technique. Enjoy the show.
0: Okay, very exciting day here at Think Fit Be Fit. Thank you so much for being here, Greg.
1: Uh, Thank you.
0: Yeah, I put on one of my clinic shirts just for the occasion. (laughs) I've been involved with MAT. This is my 10th year as a specialist and practitioner. You know, I just couldn't be more excited to have you on the podcast as just a source of inspiration for so much of this career and all the questions that I get to ask. (laughs) So, You know, recently you've been coming up in my everyday practice in the clinic, not just because you're a YouTube star now, but also because I've been recommending your Jumpstart book to my clients and my audience. I'd love to know what that process has been like for you and if, you know, you learned something along the way of writing it and putting it out. To such a much bigger audience.
1: Yeah, so it was it was interesting because the, the Jumpstart program was always our introductory program to uh, the principles of, of MAT. And we taught Jumpstart classes across the country. And, and it was basically, like I said, introductory in the way that it, I mean, when we, when we look at muscle activation techniques, there's so much that um, you need to know and understand and have to bring into a, a practical application format that early on when I started Teaching MAT, I started trying to teach the whole process because you know through Tom Purvis uh, through RTS, and and I realized early on the, these aren't just weekend courses. Like the, to learn the, the process of MAT, you're not going to go into a weekend class and learn it. And so I I literally went took a step backwards and I and I put together which was the Jumpstart program that basically looked at. Wherever you see a limitation in range of motion, it's telling you that the muscles that move you there can't contract efficiently, so they can't shorten into that range, and the opposite muscles show up as being tight. And those are the foundational principles of MAT, but when we see limitations in MAT, then you recognize these are all, you would test and treat all the muscles that cross the axis to, to get those muscles activated, and then you would see increased mobility because you had a greater sense of stability. But that was understanding the muscles, the origin insertion, how to palpate. I mean, we're uh, putting, creating hands-on therapy. And I realized, okay, that's too much to learn in an introductory type program. To introduce people to the concept where if you saw a limitation range of motion, it didn't matter what muscle it was. It was basically do isometrics in that position and that will help improve the contractile ability of the muscles that move you into that position. and And again, help you gain mobility and stability. And so we've done that for years, uh, educating students, and that got a lot of people into our specialist program. As they started working with the foundational principles, then they wanted to learn more. So during the the COVID, I had a little extra time on my hand. (laughs) And so I decided. I mean, basically, it was like we kind of backed off on teaching the JumpStart program and the in-house. I mean, it was hard to have anything in-house. And I'm like, this is a perfect time to to put this out there to the to the public. And and so the the JumpStart book basically introduces all the principles, the the foundational principles behind MAT, how it's different, how it was developed, and a scientific rationale behind what we're doing. And so the first couple chapters are really for anybody. It just tells i mean basically here's what mat is here's how it's different and so it's a it's a good starting point for anybody any practitioner that wants to start implementing it whether they're a trainer a physical therapist chiropractor uh really looking at the muscle system and saying here's ways that i can positively impact muscle muscle contractile abilities at the most basic level and again the idea behind this is i mean uh once you start working with the process, I mean, it's a paradigm shift in the way most people think in many modalities. And so once people start working with the process, then it's like, oh, now, now we have a whole education system with MAT if they want to learn uh, components of MAT and become, I mean, a specialist in, in that field. Mm-hmm. So it's a good introduction for people to, to understand the foundational principles of MAT.
0: That's amazing. So what do you think it could people who are just exercising frequently address their kind help address their own problems
1: They can go through self-evaluations. I mean, it's always good to have a practitioner, but yeah, even Mm -hmm. um, with the practical application, because everything that's um, done in the Jumpstart program, uh, people move into positions actively. Mm -hmm. And so literally you you can't do the positional muscle testing without a practitioner, but if you went through a self-evaluation of range of motion, like of just the core, if you rotate to the left and then rotate to the right, uh, then you would test to see whether or not there's strengths or weaknesses in those positions, wherever there's a limitation in range of motion. But if you have a limitation in range of motion, let's say you don't rotate to the right as much as far as you can rotate to the left, I mean you can perform home isometric contractions to to help try and improve that communication between the nervous system and the muscle system, regardless of whether you've tested the position to determine whether there's weakness. So it definitely can be a benefit for people just trying to do home, I mean self assessments.
0: Yeah. I mean for me I I'm one of those specialist or a coach if you will even like I ask for the best out of my clients mm-hmm. and I think a part of that is really about can can you get to the point of assessing your own range of motion? Because when they ask me questions about their exercise <laughs> guess what I'm asking did you like check to see if you could do that motion? Oh, yeah. And you know so For me, like I've been recommending it to a lot of my clients. And I just think it's so cool to get them just so invested in their process. It's, you know, one of the big rewards of, you know, this career path. You know, as MAT's like gotten so popular, I've had the opportunity to work with professional athletes, you know, and so many of our my colleagues do as well. So I I get a little choked up each time I watch one of the players that I work with like on the field. Um, So I'm curious about if you have any tips for handling the ups and downs of working like with professional athletes and even like, and being very public, you know, with Bryson and, being kind mm-hmm. of closely associated with his success.
1: We literally, when when, when I take on a new client, I, I literally have a personal investment in their in their health. I, I had a professional athlete that just came in for the first time about two weeks ago. And it took, I mean, he... he reached out to me probably a few months ago and it took a couple months to get him in and on my schedule he flew in from out of town and one of the things that I told him is that now that I have you as a client like now I have a personal investment in you (laughs) it took two months to get here but now I mean I'm 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 responsible or I'm I I put that on myself to be responsible for your health if you want to say from a neuromuscular standpoint and so i I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. Every client that walks in the door, whether they're athletes or not, that's the way I look at it is, I mean, they came here, they're paying a good amount of money to try and get healthy. And, and that's what, I mean, that's what we're selling, if you want to say. and And so, I I do take that personal accountability when I when I bring on a client and working in pro sports. I mean, that's a unique environment because that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. And if you got a businessman that comes in and loves to golf and his back hurts, that's that's one thing. But if you have a pro golfer that comes in and, and his back is hurting, it's like, well, you can't accept that when if this is what they need to do for a living. And so they can be, I guess you'd say, demanding in some degree because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the same way. If I'm I know what it feels like to feel good. And once people know what it feels like to feel good, you won't accept not feeling good. And, and especially if you're a professional athlete where you're yeah. so in tune to your body, they get a little thing off and, I mean, something's off in their body and it's like, I mean, they, they can become psychotic about it because they, they don't want, they know what it feels like to feel good. And I think many people don't even know what it feels like to feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great things about MAT is that once you get people feeling better and they understand that, they won't accept anything less. And the athletes, uh, like I said, I mean, they know their bodies. I mean, they, I mean, trained their whole lives. It wouldn't be at the highest level if they, if they didn't have a good understanding and sense of their body mechanics. And so, it, it, it comes with a lot of responsibility when you work with pro athletes. And uh, I think something early on I found out, like and working in the strength and conditioning and sports medicine, if somebody went and skied or golfed and injured themselves, they'd call up and cancel and say, oh, I, I can't see it today because I tweaked my back or I tweaked my knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now with what muscle activation, they go and tweak something. They're calling you saying, I need to get in now. Like I need to get in today. And, and so I think that's the thing. If you're, if you are working with high level athletes, you have to expect that there's going to be a lot of accountability and a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. um put on you because um they're, they're <laughs> planning on you for their livelihood
0: i want to come back to that word you used uh responsibility and like accountability and i just know this from you know kind of being on the inside of you know having had so much you know one-on-one time with you in the rx program and uh all this other stuff can we talk like the the idea of accountability and responsibility it brings up like recovery as part of the process and you know one of the struggles i have day in and day out is being able to communicate how important that is for anybody's process who is interested in like just being strong or feeling good
1: yeah, I think first off, uh, the word recovery is, is, is significant in what we're trying to uh, do with muscle activation techniques. And, and I, I feel like with what we're doing with muscle activation techniques, I mean, one of the things I always say is life's going to beat us up and from a neuromuscular standpoint somebody has to be there to put you back together and so people go and beat themselves up through through physical activity working out sports training whatever that may be they beat themselves up and literally i mean that when i say beat themselves up they create inflammation and inflammation is a, a key factor behind muscle inhibition. It's the inflammation that causes this inhibition of muscles that we're dealing with, with, with muscle activation technique. So you exceed your tolerance levels of the muscles. And once you exceed those tolerance levels, it's like you have this inflammatory response that basically, the I mean, the body has to go through. And the end result of an inflammatory response is growth and repair of tissue. And so it's healing. And that's what we know when we work out, you break your muscles down and you get sore. And I mean, the, the thought is, is then, and when they recover, they get they get stronger. But if they don't recover, I think that's the first key. If they, if you don't allow them to recover, then you're on this downward spiral, they can't heal. And that's where many people get stuck is they, they get stuck in when people are in chronic pain and any type of disease. I mean, the common denominator behind every disease out there is, is systemic inflammation. And so if you have inflammation in the system, uh, that means your, your body's more vulnerable. And if you keep putting stresses on the body and don't allow it to heal and recover, then you never, I mean, you never get healthy.
0: Mm.
1: And so that's been one of the, the things that I've probably worked with the most. I mean, and when I when I say recovery, there's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, like, I mean, well, uh, I need to get a massage. I need to um, dry needle. I need to get the Theragun and massage Mm -hmm. the areas because these areas are tight and tender well tight and tenderness is inflammation and so these tissues are already irritated and when Mm. we put force on tissues that are already irritated you can push the I mean basically push yourself further down the downward spiral and so recovery means rest. <laughs> I mean, let let the let the tissues heal. And I feel like with muscle activation techniques, we get people out of the acute state of inflammation into the growth and repair state of inflammation, allowing the body to go through that healing process much quicker. I think what you said earlier, you see immediate results. I mean, you change your posture and and everything because you get into that repair state of inflammation much quicker. And but if we keep putting things stresses physical stresses on the body that's i mean on tissues that are already irritated then they can't recover and then they can't heal. Mm-hmm. And so that's just been one of the things that I have, I've had to deal with is how do how do we uh, how do we speed up the recovery process, but not do things that are actually going to be counterproductive, if you want to say? And so uh, you asked about going to the with the Neuropeak. Neuropeak is a company that looks at, I mean, brainwave activity, and they do neuro uh, neurofeedback training to try and balance out the brainwave activity and the, and the neuromuscular system. Well, the in- interesting thing is I, I would have never went down this path. I've seen some amazing um, changes on people over the years with muscle activation techniques that didn't seem muscle related. I've seen people with digestive issues um, improve food allergies and food sensitivities. I've seen um, some of those symptoms improve on clients as the integrity of the neuromuscular system improved. Uh, but I couldn't have told you why. The only thing I could really say is, well, if you reduce systemic inflammation, then the body can actually do process nutrients and do things that uh, they couldn't do earlier. I mean, most people aren't born with lactose intolerant or gluten intolerance. It's kind of part of the adaptation as we as we grow and put stresses on our body. So as our system's more stressed, we can't process foods and and uh, digest foods. And we have more sensitivities or allergies or whatever that may be. Uh, But we have more inflammation. And that can come up as any symptom on the body. So I've seen sy- systemic type symptoms go away by treating neuromuscular function. Mm-hmm. And so with the relationship with Neuropeak, neuro um, four years ago now, it will be Super Bowl weekend four years ago, mm. I had a traumatic brain injury. I was in a car accident, Super Bowl weekend, um, head went through a window Ended up in ICU, um, Vegas for a week. It was, we were in a taxi cab going home from Vegas the morning after the Super Bowl and a woman ran a red light like 40 or 50 miles an hour and put me in ICU for, for a week and didn't remember a thing. And then I got put in uh, Craig Hospital, a brain and and spinal cord uh, hospital here in Colorado. They flew me on a medical flight to put me there. And the first thing that I, the first awareness that I had was when they were putting me on the plane. And to to get to Denver. And so I don't remember the whole week. I don't remember the accident, anything. And so, I mean, pretty significant. So then I'm in this brain rehab center for a week and uh, I mean, for a month. And I had to relearn. They had to walk me with a strap and everything. I had to relearn how to walk. And the interesting thing is when they signed me into... Craig Hospital, I was like, you know what, I submit myself to this place, because they're the specialists in spinal cord injuries, brain injuries. And this is out of the scope of what I do. And literally, I mean, I'm typically dealing thinking I'm dealing with healthy brains and dysfunctional muscle system. And now I had a dysfunctional brain. So I submitted myself to, I mean, these doctors and everything, these are the specialists. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is what I found out over time is it wasn't out of the scope of what we do with mat and that that was i mean to to some degree i'm like man what a great learning experience the others is like why did i have to go through this but uh what a great learning experience but it was a, a struggle to get back and I mean, I remember a month after, a month after being out of Crate Hospital and rehab, it was very slow process and I I had vestibular issues and um, I mean, migraine, optical migraines and all of these different issues. But one of the factors I would just say would have to be, I'd call it chronic fatigue. I went to walk my daughter to a park and I mean, literally I've come back from the park and I'm mean, just walking down the street and back and come back and I had to lay down because I was so fatigued. And, and this was two months after after the, the accident. And I'm like, I'm not healthy, even wow. though they released me from the brain center. And, and it's like, I'm not healthy. Well, the interesting thing is every time I would overload my system if, and because my, my tolerance level was so much lower, like I said, walking my daughter to the park would put me out. All of my neurological symptoms would come on from anxiety to aggression to um, literally emotional instability. I could be telling you this story right now when I was in a bad state and I'd start crying and it was like, what is going on? How come I can't control my emotions? And these were things that came with a traumatic brain injury that I didn't understand. Now, year four years later, I completely understand it and living it and see, I can see these changes and fluctuations that can occur. And one of the neatest things was, is as I was released from Craig Hospital, I did the outpatient therapy, uh, I started getting treated at our corporate facility and I'd come in and I'd slowly got back to work and I'd start seeing clients and work would break me down the physicality of work would break me down physically like all of a sudden my back would hurt my neck would hurt my shoulders would hurt and but all of the, all of a sudden all those symptoms from the head injury would come on so when I wow. exceeded my tolerance levels my physical tolerance levels all the emotional symptoms would come on and so I realized that work work is breaking me down but the interesting thing was every time I would get treated like I'd have a, I'd working and I worked through Friday and I'd go home and have a, a week, I'd stay in bed all weekend because I felt so bad. And then on Mondays I would get treated and it was like all my symptoms would go away on my, after I would get treated. And it was just an interesting correlation. Where, wow, this makes me feel good. And I thought MAT had nothing to do with these symptoms that were, I mean, had, had symptoms that related to the traumatic brain injury. So it was just an interesting correlation that that would make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so then um, literally a year later, we go to dinner. It's one of the first times we, we have a date night. Uh, my wife and I, we go to um, Valentine's Day, we go to Shanahan's restaurant, um, Mike and Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> and we had great relationships with them over the years. And they, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach with the 49ers, he tells me that, I mean, just really cared about my, what happened to me, everything they had reached out a few times, just checking in. And he tells me that they're working with this brain group called Neuropeak. Mm-hmm. And um, they had brought him in as Dr. Royer who, um, is the main was the main doctor with the company that developed the program. And said, we need you to meet him because I think this can help you as you're recovering from this head injury. Because I still wasn't right. So we need you to, to, to connect with them. And so they got me connected with this Dr. Royer. And, and they got me started on a program of, of neurofeedback. And I have a, a system. I actually just did my breathing techniques and, and brain and analyzed my brain activity right before we got on this call. Yeah. So I have a system where we get online and talk with the with the tech and, and measure brain activity and breathing with HRV. And uh, it's been something I've done ever since that, Tile uh, and Mike introduced me to this this doctor and to Neuropeak. Mm. And so the interesting thing was I'd still go through these weeks, where as I worked, I just felt worse and worse and I'd have miserable weekends and then I'd get treated on Monday and feel good. And that start me through the week. But then by the end of the week, I'd feel, feel horrible again. And so it was the physical stresses of my work that was breaking me down. And mm-hmm. so now I had the ability to analyze brain brainwave activity. I can do it at any moment in time. I could analyze my brainwave activity. And so one weekend I had a real bad week or weekend and I come in on Monday and we do that. I would do the neurofeedback with them every Monday, which I still do. And we do the the neurofeedback, or we measured my brainwave activity, and the numbers are horrible. It correlated with how I felt, and uh, the numbers are horrible. We do the neurofeedback, and it makes nominal change, but doesn't bring it in the brainwave activity into a level that would make me feel good because there was a hundred percent correlation between how I feel and where mm-hmm. my brain activity was. It was pretty mm-hmm. interesting to see that, wow, this transfers over and and that's what they're seeing with anxiety and depression and post-traumatic stress. They know that if they can normalize brainwave activity, that they can pe- get people off of antidepressants and anxiety medication and ADHD medication, uh, that normalized brainwave activity can, I mean, get people off medication. That's what they, they sell, that's what they do. With their, And that's a whole program based on their neurofeedback.
0: Wow. And
1: so they end up, so this day I have a horrible weekend. We do the neurofeedback and makes nominal change. And I said, you know what will be interesting? <laughs> uh, I literally get, every week I get treated on Monday after we do this neurofeedback and I feel better. And I said, I'm going to measure, we'll get back online and we'll measure brain activity after my treatment. We measure brain activity after my treatment i feel great after the treatment we measure my brainwave activity and it's normal i mean perfect almost perfect numbers mm-hmm. and and literally the guy, the guy i was working with is like greg you just made more of a change in an hour than we see in six months with neurofeedback mm. and this all of a sudden opened the door to the idea that improving neuromuscular function can improve brainwave activity They've been looking from here up with everything mm. that they're doing with neural feedback and their training programs and visual. I mean, vision training, everything they've been looking from here up. And what basically the way that I look at it from MAT is w- without proper sensory input, mm. you can't get proper motor output. So the brain sitting there, I mean, it's expecting proper input coming from the sensory um, receptors. And when you have muscle inhibition, there's not proper input from a physical stress standpoint. The brain and nervous system is not receiving proper input. So you can't do the right thing um, from a motor output standpoint. So it ends up in a stress response. The body ends up in a stress response. And that shows up at the brain level. And as we improve neuromuscular function, it improves sensory input back to the nervous system, which in turn improves motor output, takes the, get the, gets the body out of a state of stress and, and it ends up taking, putting the body in a normalized position. So, I mean, it normalizes brainwave activity. And so from a recovery standpoint, with the question you asked is it's ba- basically balancing out the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. When people are in the stress state, a chronically stressed state, they're in this fight or flight sympathetic mode, a hyperactivity, hyper overdrive, basically. And that's when blood, re- blood pressure, heart rate, everything escalates and, and it shows up at the brain level. But when you can normalize neuromuscular function, it actually balances out brainwave activity and creates more of a shift to the parasympathetic recovery state, which again allows for allows for healing. So it gets the body out of a catabolic state and into to an anabolic, uh, into an anabolic state, and really helps out uh, the recovery side of, of healing. Yeah. And so. From that point forward, we i I've had some brain injury clients that, I mean traumatic brain injury clients that have come in and we've been able to measure and show the changes and uh, these people were struggling in their in their rehab and with, with the symptoms related to traumatic brain injury and seeing the same thing. And so mm-hmm. so basically neural feedback that, that day when they say you've done more in an hour than we can get in six months of neurofeedback, that was the day that we knew we have to look at this whole integrated neuromuscular system. Yeah. not just from the head up not just looking at the brain and so we've been doing a lot of work and put a research prog- pro- program together u- utilizing our MATRX practitioners to, to show to measure brainwave activity before and after treatments and, and over time to see the, the changes that can be made on people's health and the nice thing is it's I mean 100% correlation between the integrity of the neuromuscular system and brainwave activity so pretty cool to see
0: I mean, that must feel great to be able to say that, to yeah. be able to, to tell that to the world. That's amazing. Um, so not amazing. That makes
1: sense. Why I would see some of these non-muscular cha- like that. Na- pain, non-pain related changes occur from digestive issues to irritability to, to emotional instability. I would see people's mental state. I Mm -hmm. had a client with ADHD, Asperger's hypotonia, and that, um, I mean, was struggling and, and just improving his neuromuscular function long before the head injury and the relationship with neuro P, um, it normalized his health. I mean, completely took away his symptoms of, of, with the Asperger's. And I mean, he was eight years old at the time and, and literally he's like 17 now and living a normal life, skiing, snowboarding. And, and physically he was he couldn't do things when he was eight years old because his body was always in a stress state and fatigued and digestion was bad. I mean, so many negative factors that seem non-related to muscle function um, all changed. Then I had no understanding why until years later, I went through this accident and we started tying it into brainwave activity.
0: Oh, amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, it was just definitely an experience like being a student of the RX program and witness to like how this has unfolded in the last four or five years
1: i always say it's like a neuromuscular overhaul
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's i mean literally starting from the foundation our, our core movement patterns and the same way when we learn to roll over then we learn to sit up and then we need learn to crawl there's organization and structure to our development and over time we kind of lose the 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 function that we, we had when we were young and athletic and, and many people need this neuromuscular overhaul. But one of the things that I've, I've seen is it, when you start from this foundation, it brings normalization or organization to the nervous system. Mm. And so the body can be in a stress state and just like bringing it into this organized system of our acts all of a sudden, gets the body out of the systemic stress state, and and then literally, and shows up at at the brain level. That I mean, there's organization now, and mm. and that that's been been a, a crazy thing is that just bringing organization to the nervous system can reduce so many symptoms uh, that people relate to, like I said, far beyond pain itself, pain mm. and tightness that we see from a conventional standpoint with MAT.
0: Having tools like Noro Peak is huge for being able to facilitate that conversation and yeah. you know, and also unburden myself.
2: Hello, Jennifer here. If you're enjoying this episode and are hungry for more mental reps about exercising efficiently and effectively, make sure to check out the other shows in our network, Peach Pit Fitness and Fitness for Consumption. We explore it all from celebrity workout trends to peer-reviewed research. Focus on what really matters, synthesizing accurate information into meaningful action for you and your clients. Enhance your fitness mindset and process by listening to all
0: Think Fit, Be Fit podcast at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com or on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. So any of my clients listening, so I just want to say, see, I told you so. Um, and then, you know, it's also just really fascinating that, you know, a, a, a dad with like a serious golf habit and a 70 year old with like the, is a recreational, you know, swimmer and Peyton Manning can all have like this kind of shared experience, uh, you know, about optimizing muscular system, muscular system health. So yeah. I just love one it. One of the
1: things, even early on in the MAT process, I probably didn't understand it as much as I do now, but one of the slides we had in MAT specialist program was whether you're coordinated, uncoordinated, athletic, non-athletic, um, injured, non-injured, whatever, the, the principles are the same mm. across the board. I mean, it's all, it all comes down to the integrity of the neuro, nervous system and the ability of, of the muscles to be able to tolerate force. Mm. And as we get older, And our muscles get weaker with, I mean, due to accumulation of stresses and and injuries and, I mean, any type of stress, chemical, physical, emotional stresses, the autonomic nervous system doesn't know the difference. But if you exceed your stress tolerance level, that's when negative things happen. And so regardless of what level of health you're in, uh, improving neuromuscular function can have a positive effect on overall health.
0: Yeah, I can't say that loud enough. So thank you. Now I want to shift over to golf and muscle. Where? So, what was Bryson's strength like when you first started working with him?
1: So Bryson was an average golfer. I mean, he, he came in. I mean, he was 190 pounds, so he, a little bigger than some. I mean, some of your golfers, but uh, I mean, strength-wise, it was abnominal. I mean, nothing significant. It it was interesting because Bryson came in for, I mean, the RX program to improve Mm -hmm. his mechanics related to golf. He had had some back issues and some hip issues. And I mean, he was young. He just got on the tour. At this point Mm -hmm. in time, he hadn't won an event and he still was concerned that he had, I remember at one point talking, he had eight events uh, left on uh, basically that year that if he didn't do something significant, he wouldn't have his tour card anymore. And I I see this so many times with golfers trying to, I mean, struggling to try and get on the tour and get their tour card or maintain it. And he literally, I um, mean, at this point, he had like eight tournaments left. And he goes, I need, I need to win something. And, and so the, the interesting thing was the main, main reason he came, I mean, he, unders- he knew about MAT, he knew about me. He, we had set him up with one of, his, one of our practitioners in Dallas when he was at SMU. And so once he went pro, that's when he wanted to, to work with me. And so ironically, we worked for about a month, and it uh, came out like twice, I think, in maybe a month or a month and a half, and then I had the car injury, and so had to put some time off. and. And he was one of the first people that I took back because it's like, okay, he's coming in from out of town. I don't have this responsibility of seeing weekly or anything like that. So I said, you know what? I don't know what I can do if I can do it, but let's just, I mean, get you out here. And he's like, worst case, we can just talk about golf and mechanics and everything like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so he came out and and we we're working on just basic, making sure his body could tolerate the forces of golf. I mean that's really the the initial state, and then he was doing great. He, uh, mobility stability uh, increased a um, little transfer into his club head speed. Uh, nothing profound, but he did was improving his club head speed and ball speed. Uh, but there was nothing related to to the strength side of it. Mm. But now I'm personally going through my, my frustrations of trying to get healthy. So this is literally months after uh, me finally getting back to work and, and realizing that tolerance levels were low mm. and that I was exceeding my physical tolerance levels. So this put it in a new perspective. And I had all this equipment in, in my facility, with, which originally was designed to actually, as a follow-up, we get your muscles activated and the movements of the rx process. I have a piece of equipment related to every exercise, and this would be a great follow-up. But what I didn't realize was that the more isolated an exercise is, the greater chance it has of overloading and exceeding tolerance levels, and it can actually shut you down rather than make you stronger. And so that was my first <laughs> eye opener. I mean, this was before the accident that I realized it, but I had all this equipment. And it was like, ooh, the more isolated exercise is, like you don't want to do isolated exercises on your own because you don't know whether if you exceed your tolerance levels, nobody's there to fix what they broke. And the same thing with deep tissue massage or stretching or anything like that. That's what I tell people. If you exceed a tolerance level, if that tissue's irritated and tender, and you overload that tissue even more, you'll have negative effects, which is muscle inhibition and the result can be tightness and pain Mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm coming out of the accident realizing i have to raise my tolerance levels so Mm -hmm. i start with megan at my office who's been Mm -hmm. taking care of me with a main practitioner for i mean she's been with working Mm -hmm. with me i think 12 to 14 years now on my body like Mm -hmm. making sure we can get the tolerance i get through all levels of, of mat and rx and so we've been challenging tolerance levels with the exercise because I was so weak coming out of the accident. We were doing it in a controlled environment on myself, and it would we'd see these exercises shut me down. And then we'd treat and go back and do the exercise, and then the exercise wouldn't shut me down anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, wow, we can improve tolerance levels. And that's how we first did the measurements with the with neural peak. Was after I was doing the exercises. That's when we saw we put me back. We broke me down. We put me back together to make me stronger. And that's when brain activity was almost perfect. And and so so I literally say I mean Bryson's where Bryson is now is a result of my accident because yeah. I wouldn't even went down that road if I didn't understand it. <laughs> My tolerance, walking my daughter to the park was enough to exceed my tolerance levels and make me feel horrible, which brought on all my symptoms uh, related to the traumatic brain injury. It was, it was my neuromuscular system that got it's, uh, overloaded. Mm-hmm. And so movement by movement, muscle by muscle, we started working through my body and I was finding that I can... I can tolerate things now. Work isn't breaking me down as much anymore. Like it takes more to break me down mm. as my tolerance levels got higher. So Bryson would come out, we're working on him and he, he won a tournament, uh, the John Deere Classic, I think was the first tournament. Now he's got his tour card, he's on for a year mm. and now he wants to step it up. <laughs> and so he's seeing what I'm doing with the exercise. He comes out here and comes for a couple of days at a time, hangs out and and we got conversations about it. And so this would be a good test study. Let's see what we can do here, like relative strength, and uh, let's see what we can do. And the first day, we, we we took him and we put him on 90 pounds on trunk rotation, spinal mm-hmm. rotation, biggest movement in golf. Um, put him on 90 pounds, had him do five repetitions, and I mean he was working to get the five repetitions, and it created weakness. And so what was what was strong. And we, which we, as we went through the evaluation, I put them on a specific for put specific forces related to those muscles. So the muscles that were strong now went weak relating to the muscles relating to trunk rotation, which is pattern one in the RX process. Mm-hmm. So we get them activated, go through the process, get the muscles activated. He can now tolerate 90 pounds. Then we go to 110 pounds. So the next plate on the stack, 110 pounds shuts him down. We spend two mm-hmm. hours working on trunk rotation. By the time we're done with your heart, put him, <laughs> him down, put him back together, break him down, put him back together. By the time we're done, he's doing one hundred and fifty pounds for five repetitions and huh. didn't shut him down. And it looked like 90 pounds did when we first started, like he got stronger on the spot. It's not because he gained at this point, he was still 190 pounds. So people ask, oh, is it because he gained so much weight? And it's like, no, it's his neuromuscular integrity on the spot. We would see, we saw that type of change. That week he went home and then within that week, his club head speed went from 117 to 125. Mm. It was the most significant change he'd seen um, in club head speed in anything that he's ever done up to that point. And so then that we're on to something. So then we went movement by movement, muscle by muscle. We went through all the patterns of the RH process. And the, move, the movements that he did, the weights that he started out with, when we started, he's doubled on every single movement in the body. If he was doing 100 pounds, he's doing over 200 pounds. If he was doing 50 pounds on an exercise, he's doing 100 pounds. I mean, every single movement that we started with, where his strength levels were then that would shut him down and overload his system have raised and doubled to the point that now with twice the force output, he can't. It, we can't even shut him down. And that's mm. transferred into what he's doing in golf and, and why he's been able to do it and increase his club head speed and force output without injuring himself mm. because he's strong and stable through great ranges of motion. And mm. uh, so he's increased mobility with increased strength. Mm-hmm. And Many times I say, oh, golfers shouldn't work out because it will tighten them up. If you're not overloading the system and causing protective tightness, mm-hmm. you what happened with him is he increased strength through greater ranges of motion. And now he has more strength, more mobility and stability through greater ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. And it's been an amazing thing to see. I could have never imagined where he'd be now compared to where he was then.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that like, I mean, that, I think that's why the the PED conversation comes up a lot because it's, yeah. it's like you've shortened the window yep. of
1: like, growth and repair, repair yeah. state of healing, so that so yeah, you break down, you heal, it, you break down and heal, it, and that I mean, yeah, that's that's what steroids <laughs> are supposed to do is speed up the recovery and healing phase. And uh, I, can, I can guarantee I can guarantee, and he's just taken, perform, he gets PED tested for the pro tour, but they don't make it public. So he went out on his own to prove that. I mean, he said, this is, this is his steroid is an MAT. And yeah. he literally put that out there publicly. And, and, and the nice thing is, is since then I've had other golfers and we're seeing the same changes on other golfers. And not only are we seeing the same changes on other golfers, I have 60 year old executives that are coming in doing the same exercise based program. And they're seeing the same type of strength gains that I've seen with Bryson and these other golfers. And these are 60 year old broken down guys that shouldn't be getting, that <laughs> are on a downward spiral. Yeah. You're supposed to get stronger when you get older. And there's literally one ex athlete the i mean well known ex athlete that got beat up in his career that literally he came in and a week ago and a couple of weeks ago he had seven p r s on the on these movements as we're going through in a series of going through all the different movements and it's like this isn't supposed to happen. he was broken down and on his way i mean he was aging, and now it's literally what I call reversing the aging process from a neuromuscular standpoint,
0: yeah, I mean that yeah. It's like it's like such a when you step back and look at it, it's like that's a big statement. But Mm. even from like the perspective of like, I see this stuff day in and day out, and that still like blows my mind. But you know, I have had enough experience where, you know, I'm I'm banking on that process myself, like here we go, <laughs> stronger that, and staying day. young. Yeah,
1: yeah every day and and same thing. I, one thing I can always say is I do all of this for selfish reasons. I mean, it, it's all like I don't care if anyone else has someone, if anyone else believes in MAT or this process. As long as I have someone taking care of me the rest of my life, I'm I'm good.
0: That, yeah, and
1: literally because now I'm 58 oh. doing things I couldn't do when I was 25 when I had my fractured vertebrae, mm. and and literally same idea. I'm, with, I'm doing the exercise program. him works through it with me. Uh, we go to challenge tolerance levels all the time. And, and literally, I'm doing this at 58 and getting stronger and having PRs also. And, and the nice thing about it is even with Bryson is one of the things that I say is the integrated system is only as good as the function of its isolated parts. Bryson had never done any bench pressing or squatting or deadlifts or anything. He never did any compound movements. All he's done is the workouts that we've done, put him through and and got him so he could tolerate these isolated exercise. And since then, Bryson's come out and he's bench pressed 295 pounds. He's deadlifted over 400 pounds and squatted 400 pounds a couple weeks ago. And he never trained with any compound weights in his life. And these are weights that I see over at the Bronco facility when I'm working. These are professional athlete weights, not golfer weights. (laughs) So it's been amazing to see. I
0: know. Yeah, it's really been interesting. Talk having so many golf clients come in you know into the door or just talking to them you know as of like an initial consultation and they're just blown away by one they don't like a lot of people don't understand like the difference between strength size period right and so it's just like opening up so many people's minds to Oh, neuro, like there's a whole nother category of strength I didn't know about, right. and I think that's just like such. A, yeah, obviously I'm enjoying that. It's also really touching to see like the younger athletes really adore Bryson and what you guys are doing. And yeah. I particular, I do love working with younger male athletes. It's one of my, you know, uh, I worked in a you know, a, a, a soccer club for years. And most of the, the athletes I was working with were like teenage boys, college age. And I, I'm just like, it's so inspiring because, you know, it's really hard to inspire <laughs> that group intellectually and yeah. you guys are doing it. So I just wanted to say congrats to that. And then I guess my last question you know besides you know bacon getting you up in the morning and getting you you know getting you so siced. what what's the other thing about you know being the visionary of MAT the creator what's that thing that like drives you every day
1: the uh, one of the things like i said when i have these i mean literally 60 year old men getting stronger and healthier. I mean, the the one athlete I'm talking about, knee replacement, hip replacement, shoulder surgeries, he's had so many injuries And now I'm seeing him at 62 years old after a 17-year professional NFL career at a high level, seeing him do things that he shouldn't be able to do with degenerative knees and degenerative hips. And out of the 43 movements, he can do any movement pain-free. And that's knee quadricep, knee extension, hamstring curls, and with increased strength and mobility through, through these ranges of motion that they never thought he would get back. And so let alone the professional athlete and the high level athletes uh, that come in and I see these changes and seeing it transfer into what they're doing in their sport, it's like, this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like MAT, I say, who's MAT for? Anyone with a muscular system. Mm-hmm. And But from an exercise standpoint, as I see these type of changes, uh, Bryson's in the public eye showing it, but I see this every day with the majority of my clients I have on this weight-related program, and they can be out of shape they can be non-athletic and the most dysfunctional and they're actually the people that need it the most because they're so weak Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they start to get a little bit of strength that now they can go exercise without breaking themselves down which they've avoided exercise because they were always Mm -hmm. they would always injure themselves and so i see it across the board and i and i i guess if you say what about what's the future is The way I shake my head every day and see these changes as we get people trained in this modality. It's like um, I can kind of show it's like this is my facility that has Mm. all the equipment for the 43 movement patterns. And literally, I see that as a model. I see Mm. that as a model of the future that this can redefine exercise as we know it. Because yeah. whenever we go into the gym, I'm, even when I taught in the health and fitness industry and I'd say how many people here have pain or have clients that have pain and everyone would raise their hand, then I would say how many people here have pain and everyone would raise their hand. It's like well something's wrong with the industry. From the health and exercise standpoint something's wrong with the industry and, and part of it has to do with the we're putting forces on the body that most people can't tolerate, mm-hmm. especially as they get older and all the aches and pains that we relate to aging have to do with the failure of the muscle system to tolerate forces. And so I really believe that you get a model like this where people can get trained movement by movement, muscle by muscle to retrain neuromuscular function and raise tolerance level through the isolated parts, then the integrated system functions as a whole. And I think literally this can change exercise as we know it. I see this as being the future of exercise. And you have to say, what's the future? And my goal is, I mean, before I die, it's like this model needs to be everywhere. But the only way this model can be everywhere is if the people are trained like you to be able to implement the model because it's a high level skill that comes with it. So it would be the highest level personal training you could ever find. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, choo-choo. Yeah, let's go. That's amazing. Thank you for this one-on-one time. I'm so excited to get out back to denver wait, yeah. and i oh, i really miss in person classes it. and stuff yeah Enjoy. yeah so thank you so much and i can't wait to share this with the world right, thank, thank you, you
1: thanks for having me
0: yeah my pleasure hi friends jennifer here creator of the think fit be fit podcast network i hope you loved the show let's take a quick minute for an exciting giveaway announcement To celebrate the release of Greg Roscoff's book, Jumpstart Into MAT, we are giving away one book. Actually, it's a course that completely changed my career way back when. All the entry rules and information will be on our Instagram account at thinkfitbefit underscore podcast or on our newsletter at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. If you'd like to learn more about the book or Greg Roscoff, head on over to Thejumpstartbook.com. Best of luck and I can't wait to see who wins. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the ThinkFit Be Fit Podcast Network.